mercy and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our gospel lesson today, we see some Pharisees approaching Jesus, actually the disciples of the Pharisees. And they applauded how to entangle Jesus in his talk. They sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about anyone's <coughs> opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Let's stop right there. You see what these men are trying to do to Jesus before they ask him their question. <coughs> They're trying to flatter him. They are trying to give Jesus the big head. They say that Jesus pays no regard to any person's opinion. But they are really hoping that Jesus does care about the opinions of others just as they do. They're trying to do the same thing that the devil always tries to do to us. He tries us to get us to look not outward, but inward. At ourselves and to see what we perceive our needs to be. The devil butters us up, he tells us we're worth it, and then he tempts us to take for ourselves what we think we're worth. That's how all sin starts. We think about we think about what we don't have, and we are tempted to take out of God's provision for ourselves but we're not patient for him to bring us. I have a sexual urge. I'm going to take it into my own hands to fulfill it, even if it means going outside of marriage. Because why? Because I deserve it. I'm not meant for wait. I have a desire and thought that I will be happier if I gain a lot more money. <laughs> So I set my heart and my focus. I'm gaining these riches. I'm doing everything that I need to do to reach that end where I will be happier. Why? I deserve it. I've worked hard for it. These men are buttering Jesus up so that he will falter in his answer. The devil butters us up. So that we will falter in our faith towards God and our love towards our neighbor. The men finally asked Jesus, thinking they had the perfect plan. They said, tell us, what do you think? Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? They're asking him as if they really want to know. Here's the predicament. If Jesus said that it was lawful to pay taxes to Caesar then the Pharisees would immediately say to Jesus, you're no true Messiah. The Messiah was supposed to come and to rescue the Jewish people from, from Roman rule, to start up their own kingdom. And here you are, submitting to the rule of an earthly kingdom. Yet, if Jesus were to say, no, you should not pay taxes, then the Pharisees would immediately turn him over to Rome, saying, this man is a troublemaker. Ultimately, that's what they said. This man is a troublemaker, and you should 
take him and kill him because he wants to start an uprising. He's telling the people not to pay their tax. They thought that they had Jesus in the perfect trap. Just as the devil tries to get us into a perfect trap. He will tempt us and tempt us and tempt us to do the sin that we know we're not supposed to do. And then once we do it, he turns on us and says, shame, shame, shame on you. That's what was trying, that's what he was trying to do to Jesus here. But Jesus was aware of their malice. And he said to them, Why do you put me to the test, you hypocrites? You see, he knew the devil's work. And he knew that this flattery was all a lie. Jesus saw through it all. And he said, Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said it was Caesar's. And he said to them, Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him, and they went away. Why did they marvel? Well, the word for likeness in the Greek is actually where we get the word icon. An icon is an image of a person, normally of a king, uh, who, and that image marks his rule. It shows where he has problems. This money, this denarius, it shows the rule of Caesar's kingdom. Guess who the icon of God is? Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Or in the Greek, icon. After our likeness. Man um, is the image of God on the face of the earth. Man marks the rule of God. Jesus saying that we are to give to God what then? Ourselves. For we are already His. He has stamped us. We don't try to take ownership of ourselves because no matter what we think we have, it is not our own. And no matter how independent we think we are, we are not. The very fact that we need food, we need water, we need drink, shows us that we are dependent on the God who created us. We give to God what is already His. Us. But to dive a little deeper and to understand more fully the richness of the Word of God, listen to these verses. <coughs> Jesus is the image, the icon, of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he 
is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead. That in everything, Jesus is preeminent. In him, all the fullness of God is pleased to dwell, and through him, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Give to God what is God's. What tax is owed to him? What things are rendered unto God? Well, only Jesus Christ could pay the penalty, pay the tax that the world owes. And Jesus, the very image of the invisible God, makes peace. The tax is settled by the blood of his cross. He is the very image and likeness of God who was hung naked on a tree. Get this, while sinners like you and I adorn ourselves with riches and jewelry, we try to cover up our sin, our shame, all the while forgetting that Jesus paid for it on the cross. But because Jesus took our sins to the cross, he does something that we could never outdo on our own. He restores our relationship with Jesus. We who lost the image of God in the fall, once again bear his image through faith in Jesus. Listen to these verses. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the icon, the image of of his son, in order that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers. And again, listen to this verse. Did you hear that? He, conform, he is conforming you to the image of his son. <coughs> now you may notice a lot of junk when you look at yourself. You may see a lot of things that don't look like righteousness and purity and holiness. Abide in Christ's love, and He is conforming you. He is changing you. He is working you. He is making you holy. This verse. Just as we have been born the image, born in the image of the man of dust, that's our sinful junk. We shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. That is amazing. We are conformed to the image of God once through the forgiveness of our sins in Jesus. We once bore the image of fallen man. We were the image of sin of sinners. I don't know why I put once in there for the beginning. We conform to the image we were. We are conformed to the image of God through forgiveness. We once bore the image of fallen man, and you may see stuff still in you. But we are being conformed into that last day 
when what we will become, we can't even imagine. I can't imagine my life without sin. I want to, but it's so close, bad thoughts come up in my brain, it, it, it's just the proof that sin is still in there. But on the last day, Jesus will take away all sin and all causes of sin. That is something that he promised us in his word. Jesus foreknew you, he predestined you, and he has called you by the Holy Spirit, and he is changing you by his word. If you have not been baptized, if you do not know him, he is calling you unto faith. He is continually making you his child. We can be scared to admit that we are not our own. This is true. It can be scary to admit that you are someone else's. Now, ask anybody newly married. But if you think about it, it's also freedom. It is the owner of the house who pays for all of the repairs. And Jesus has paid for the cost of all the repairs that you need. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. The great thing about being Jesus and about being His it's different than being anything else's or anybody else's. Because Jesus, he only wants the absolute best for you. And that is an amazing thing. He wants to take away the sin even though it hurts. Why? Because that's best. It's life over death. He's going to perform the operation. He's going to mold the jar of clay. He's going to take you through the valley. Because he's taking you out of death into life in heaven with him. He does not mean to harm you. He does not want to take advantage of you. He has nothing that he needs. He gives all that he has for us. And that's a beautiful thing. Now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns to you.